0: illusion of free will i had that graffitied onto my wooden pencil case that i made back in high school and i remember being in a counseling session and the counselor asking me what i meant by that and even back then i looked her dead in the eye and said free will is an illusion and i think for a lot of us we're truly seeing that this year our free will to a fairly large point is an illusion i mean if we're talking about what is reality what we can see taste smell hear touch then reality is just a series of electrical impulses translated by our brain and our interpretation of that is given to us by our culture by our society i was talking with a mate of mine today about the fact that you know we call the grass green and the sky blues because those are the noises with our face that we've assigned those two things if you uh, had a baby and told them it was the opposite they would believe that it was the opposite Reality is fascinating, and how much of it is an illusion is also very fascinating. And on that, I welcome this week's guest, Brendan D. Murphy. He's an author. The name of his book is called The Grand Illusion. He's also a podcast. His podcast is called Truthiverse, and he's got a free masterclass that he's offering to all the listeners here at Unlocking the Code, which will be in the show notes, and he's going to promote towards the end of the podcast. Having a guy like Brendan on is always such a privilege, you know, I'm always uh, humbled by guys like him who come on and have a chat to me and explore our ideas, and it was such an awesome conversation. We do mention at the end, however, you got to bear in mind that I literally met Brendan three minutes before I hit the record button, so you guys are listening to our friendship developing, and what a wide-ranging conversation it was, from spiritual beliefs to, to, to the hero's journey to Love being the answer to the darkness of what's going on. We covered so many bases. I really do look forward to the next time Brendan and I can sit down and explore more esoteric topics. This week I'm going to go back to the Screaming Jet song Impossible for the opener. Because it really, and it's interesting, some of these Screaming Jet songs were written back in the 90s. However, they're still applicable today. So how far have we really come? There's another Interesting topic of conversation. However, the task we all have in front of us at times may seem possible. But what else are we going to do? We may as well keep going and do our best. This took an extra couple of days to get out. There's some very interesting stuff going on behind the scenes. I've been fairly flat out in a few different directions. So look forward to some very interesting information soon. I've also booked in a couple of very cool podcasts. We're going to go down a little bit of a different tact... However, I'm probably going to record an unsupervised uh, later in the week and I'll I'll go into that more later. Uh, All Brendan's info is in the bio and make sure you give him a follow, give him a shout-out, listen to his podcast. It's some cool stuff. I've sat down and listened to them. And again, really appreciate his time and look forward to when we can sit down again. Look after yourselves, everyone. Hope all is well. Be cool, stay safe, and we'll talk soon. Cheers. Cheers.
1: about the heresies Can't do too much to stop the squeeze on society When you're all out of touch of a new age Can't do much about the old days Can't do much about the equal and opposite reaction Can't do much about that
2: G'day everyone, welcome back. It's a great pleasure to introduce uh, Brendan Murphy to the podcast this week. How are you, mate?
3: Very well, man. I'm, I'm hanging in there, actually, pretty good. So I won't complain. i seeing the circus that's out there in the world. I'm just glad to be here having a chat, mate.
2: Well, it's, it's moments like these, isn't it, mate? It's you know, you've got to take time and just be in the moment and, and, and have some fun while you can. The, the chaos does rain outside of us, and I know we've we, I've got some things to say. I know you've got some things to say, but we won't start there because who knows where we'll end up if we start there. Um, but so you've you've written a, you're, you've written one book. You're on your way to writing another book. I, I first saw your work at the uh, the strong conference, the 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 video cast they did of that, and uh, just wanted to sit down and just for you to share with my listeners, uh, you know, the humble little podcast we've got. It's it's got a global reach, which surprises me more than anyone. Um, just what you what you've been up to? What, what what's what's your thing, mate? Like what, what's your what was your first book about? The Grand Illusion.
3: Uh, well, I mean that came out of my my exploration and experience with uh, metaphysics and spirituality, and basically it's an investigation into the nature of consciousness and the nature of reality. So, mm. you know, I I started out by having, if you like, um, I read a book many years ago called The Holographic Universe. You might have heard of it. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. By the late physicist Michael Talbot, and um, and that blew my mind. You know, where I was at at that point in time, I was about nineteen, going twenty, and I didn't know. I had no idea about that whole world. This this world of woo, so called woo, and that's just where I started. It just it just blew my mind, and it lit that fire that um, you know, I always had a little bit of a philosophical streak, but that lit the fire to go on the you know the hero's journey, go on the path, and just start digging and 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 then sharing it along the way as well.
2: Mm. That's interesting, mate. so so when you started that journey, uh, what was did you grow up like a religious or standard Aussie family or where where did you come from where Where was your belief sitting when you had your mind blown? I was curious about that.
3: Yeah, I mean I was probably I was in a good place for it to be blown um because I mean my family, my parents were pretty much like a fairly standard Aussie family, um, you know, not anything out, out of the ordinary. we we had sort of like a rough, I think my dad's side was maybe very loosely, you know, Catholic backgrounds. Um, Mum's side of the family wasn't particularly religious. So neither of my parents were actively religious. Um, but they did send me to a primary school, which was well, in the early years, they had this sort of cl- scripture class. Yeah, they re- would-
2: that was a religious, religious education, RE, I think that's what they called it. when we Because I grew up in Victoria, so we had the same thing, yeah.
3: Yeah, right. Okay, yeah. yeah. So I had that for a bit. So when I was really young, I I got a little bit of indoctrination into the the Christian um, belief structure. And then, you know, through that, I went to an Anglican school. So that was kind of, I guess, reinforced, but I wasn't really at that point. I wasn't sort of, you know, overly, hugely receptive to it Mm -hmm. um, in the sense of being like dogmatic and and rigid about things. So when I had that awakening, I was at a point where I was like, my beliefs or outlook was kind of like a mishmash, a really loose mishmash of, christianity like christian sort of ideas and, and basic sort of mainstream western yeah. you know science sort of ideas about how things work and then it work yeah because i wasn't attached to any of it like i had no attachment so when mm. that book came along i was just i was ready and i was, I was ripe, and it just set me on the path
2: so fairly big question so where do you sit now like where if if you I was to say where do you sit now? Obviously, you've got a book, and everyone should buy the book. Yeah, that's cool. However, where do you sit um, now? Like, how, so how how old are you now? I mean, you look we look, we look a similar age, maybe. I don't know.
3: <laughs> yeah,
1: well, I'm
3: uh, I'm thirty six, going on thirty seven in September, so not far off
2: thirty seven. Yeah, I'm thirty seven. So yeah, so we're about the same age. So you've been on your on your journey for the best part of twenty years now. Um, I can imagine the the twists and turns and experiences that have peppered that journey, however, where do you sit now as far as spiritually or do you have a, a because if you were to ask me that question, that's going to be the next two hours <laughs> right <laughs> um I'm a mishmash of everything if if I was to pan around the studio, I've basically got every single um, something represented from every single side um so you know, and I think it it might for myself, the answer seems to me that whatever the one answer is, I don't think there's one answer. I think it's a conglomerate of answers. I think we can take bits and pieces from, from all over the place to, to maybe have some sort of universal belief system based around humanity as opposed to anything else. Um, spiritually. Yeah. There's, there's many experiences I could share, but I'm interested to hear where, where you're coming from.
3: Yeah. Well, fair enough. Um, I was, I guess, fortunate. I count myself fortunate, um, as you know, right from the start. My first experience, shortly after I read that book we, we mentioned, was um, an unintentional mystical experience where I was just lying in bed one night, waiting to drift off to sleep. Yeah. And uh, the next thing I know, I'm, I'm infinity. I'm just infinite consciousness, no beginning, no end. And, um, yeah. you know, that was, that was like the, the moment that. Gave me gnosis. That was a gnostic moment, and the moment of gnosis. So, I guess you could say that, you know, I was fortunate from that point of view to have the experience early on in the journey. So I had a grounding, yep. um, and that that experiential grounding is, in my opinion, that's the key. That's the core of this whole thing. Is is if you're if you're not experiencing something outside of your ordinary state of consciousness, like if you're not experiencing something deeper mm-hmm. and infinite or pointing towards infinity, yep. then you know, you probably haven't having to rely on beliefs and secondhand information. So yeah, my, I guess if you wanted to throw a label at it, you could call it Gnostic in a way.
2: Yeah. Okay. Uh, look, gnostic, yeah. Gnosticism is, is, is something that I'm very fascinated with. I've studied that a a bit over the years. I think, you know, one of the things we've talked about on the podcast a lot is the fact that the, the first thing you need to understand is that you know, nothing, right? If you can, if you can grasp the fact that you know nothing, then everything is then possible. And if you, um, and it's it is about gaining perspective as well from a, from a mindfulness point of view, whereas if you can understand, you know, nothing, you, you gain as many perspectives as possible because they're all valid in their own way. Right? And, but then what that allows you to do is if you're faced with a situation, you're open to whatever perspective comes. So you can then face it with a bit more openness and not, not tied to beliefs because belief systems rule us, don't they? And they, and they decide how we think and what we do. And you, you can change that, you know, it's, um, and, uh, and you're right. An understanding of, of the infinite an understanding that there is so much more than you, that's what's important. And I think if you, you know, cause if we're honest, no one really knows what it is. We, we can each see it from our own perspective. We can share our perspectives. We might've had similar perspectives and in that way, We can sort of build an understanding. Have we? It's all—it's all existential at the end of the day, you know.
3: Yeah, Um, it's. I think it's it's our mission, you know. It's mine anyway. It's been mine to to transcend belief and to let belief go. Because I look at it as egoic identification, and a belief needs emotional fuel behind it to be sustained. Um, So if you have to have, if you have Constantly, you know, make that what I would consider to be uh, real knowledge or insight. It's it's a belief, it's an opinion, it's an egoic identification, mm-hmm. and it's can it's transitory, it's transient. These things. You know, one one week you, you're voting for Liberal, the next week you're voting for Labor. But, I mean that's a bad example, but uh, I understand <laughs> you know what, what, I'm what I mean? saying. It's, yeah. it's no, sort of like that. you get what I'm saying. You know, there are like the seasons come and go, and um, there's nothing, there's no permanence there. So for me you know, I look at infinity is my starting point. My my container yeah. and inside of, inside of that, you it's know, infinity, it doesn't matter. Virtually yeah. anything can fit. Yeah. It's like, yeah, well you're infinite. You contain everything. So mm. why be attached to any other, you know.
2: Absolutely. Well, I think egoic intention. That's, um, that's an interesting, I haven't thought that's, uh, that's the first time I'd heard that. That's good. Cause it is, if you, if you, as soon as you attach yourself to something in any form, you, you, You've got emotion behind it. This is me. I'm going to do this. Um, you can't be ruled by that. You know, and I know we want to get into uh, modern times a little later. but it's, it's, it's belief systems and egoic intention that has probably put us where we are now. Like, it's we have to do this because this is what's going to happen, this and this and this. Well, that's not what it's about. You know, I think it... You know, would you agree that... Um, one of the ideas we talked about as well is that modern society doesn't feed our souls. And I think a lot of us are waking up um, or have woken up in the past or seen this for a while. And that, that's the, that's the quest you're on at 18 or 19. It's like that. What is more, you know, this, this existence that we're in is, is not can't be all there is, isn't all there is every instinct inside me tells me it's not. Um, you know, and, and, and I think steering back to some of that would actually be, is the way. And I think that's why we see um, more and more people adapting to this idea. Cause I mean, the conversation we're having now, you could have, these days you could have with a lot of people and they would be open to it. Yet 10 years yeah. ago, 10 years ago, you'd be called crazy, you know? So there is definitely a a, a, a better understanding of of the infinite, you know. One of the things, um, I've got a telescope and we, we get out the back sometimes and we take pictures through the telescope with my DSLR. And, you know, I could send you a photo where it looks like nothing, but you expand it and it's literally as many stars as you could count. You know, we forget that we're on a big blue ball hurtling through space, mate. You know, everybody doesn't take that into account and um if we can grasp that the more we can grasp that the better off we'll all be i think
3: yeah i think i think our perspective is so profoundly limited but you know that's kind of part of the magic you know um i read a, a book a few years back that was that gave me the the clarity of a really good way of putting things which is basically a, you know, here we are on this planet, like we say, apparently hurtling through space, or at least that's what we're told. Yeah. Um, and we we all have such a limited vantage point. I mean, if you think about the the way that information has multiplied uh, exponentially over the last, say, 50 years, or 100 years, or a thousand years, and it's like, like, even if I spent 24 hours a day trying to stay on top of just one field of human endeavor, like say one branch of science. And I tried to read all the papers and I tried to, you know, know everything about it. I, I wouldn't have enough hours in a day to just master that, to know everything about that one thing. So yeah. you, you put that in perspective, like ultimately on planet earth, we, we are swimming in a sea of infinite information, like for all practical purposes infinite, it. And mm-hmm. it's exponentially expanding. Mm-hmm. So we are essentially infinitely ignorant and we can never do anything about that. It will always be the case. <laughs>
2: I love that. Infinitely ignorant. We are. That's true. That's so true. That's so true. That's so true. Well, I think, yeah. You know, I mean, us being the same age, you would have had a pen pal in primary school. You know, you probably had a rotary telephone growing up. Like, we've actually seen the probably the, the fastest acceleration, you know, that anyone has. You know, I think guys, you know, people of our generation who, who actually saw that, didn't grow up, you know, didn't grow up doing this, you know what I mean? Um, it's, it's, <laughs> right. it's, it, you know, it's interesting to see and it is infinite ignorance. Wow. I like that. I like, cause it's true. All right, but the thing is I can, you can say that to me and it blows my mind because it's so cool and so true. But if you were to approach someone else with that, say you're infinitely ignorant, they're probably, you know, there's a percentage of people who would punch you in the face for saying that, you know, and that's, the, <laughs> you know,
3: the, the, I think that, yeah, I think they should teach it in all the medical schools as a
2: starter. <laughs> oh, we're starting early, mate. We're starting early. Yeah, <laughs>
3: I won't go there yet.
2: <laughs> well, see, I, I, I did, I've done a four-part series called "Through the Looking Glass" on on the modern times. I've got a bun- me and a bunch of boys together and through Zoom and done. You know, we're we're about ten hours deep, and then an infinite. Talk about infinite, almost an infinite amount of hours off the mic. Talking about what's going on at the moment. Um, so but before we get there, take take us back to to the grand illusion. It, it, so when you say the grand illusion, is it the illusion of the society that we've been brought up with, the the lies that we've been told, or is it the illusion of self? Is it the illusion of belief systems? Where where do we sit there?
3: Uh, the reason I chose the title is because it applies to you know all of the above.
2: <laughs> it's, it's universal, yeah. No, that's fair enough. Yeah, that's fair. Never going to run out of,
3: with that with that title.
2: No, that's true. That's true. Actually, it's true. It's never going to. Um, yeah, it's never going to end. There is it because it's all a grand illusion, you know. Like it's, uh, and and when you put like the infinite ignorance, you know. The, there's also the there's one thing of quantum physics where it's like, you know, at the moment I'm I'm disproving it, right? But if you so. What I can't see what's behind me, so how do I know that it exists? Right? I mean, I know that's but that's how deep you could get into it. Like, you know, you, you don't actually know what's going on behind you, technically, but you know, past your peripheral vision. You know, we, we don't, we only see something like 4% of the light spectrum, like, we literally don't see 97% of what goes on around us right now, you know. Um, so, hmm.
1: Hmm.
3: It's very. It should be very humbling to people. Yeah,
2: it, it is. Well, I think I was speaking to um, Richard Patterson uh, the other week and he, I was telling him about that. The basically the, the moment I was in Brisbane City and I had, a, I had the, the lightning bolt that I'm pretty sure no one knows what's going on, right? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that everybody is like, we just, no one knows. I don't think anyone really, if we ask, if we're really, really true about it, does anyone know what's going on? I don't think anyone does, um, and if that that moment can be very humbling and very scary. However, that's another freeing moment, you know. Where it's like we're all at different levels of pretending. If we're honest,
3: yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, it's it's that thing where you know I, I just learned over time to to perform due diligence before I you know release an opinion out into the world, you know, because. You get burned once or twice and hopefully you learn that um, you should really have something to back up your point of view. And, and if it's not experiential, then you need your homework.
2: Yeah, that's true, mate. I think the, the experience is very important because you can't you know, – Yeah, there's a lot of those people out there and we, you know we, you, we, we know hundreds of them, both of us probably, where they just – if you don't know, it's okay to say you don't know. However, if you've experienced something and you and you wish to share it and you can actually have a a poignant conversation about it, then that's cool. Let's do that. Let's let's share our opinions. However, um again, you know, these things here, is everybody having a voice really a good thing? You know, I I say on my podcast.
3: (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know this is the world we're living in now it's, it's a very interesting period of time where all sorts of hierarchical hierarchical structures are being kind of dismantled and and the you know the, we've got the death of the celebrity unfolding in front of our faces because now everybody can turn themselves into a celebrity overnight we've all got a voice like you say we've yeah. all got microphones now even in the, in the bedroom you know in the home studio whatever
2: yeah 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 definitely definitely um Before I look, I can see I'm raring to go on the modern times as well, but I did want to talk to you. We keep coming, keep touching the subject. Um, but before we get there, I just wanted to talk to you. You you said in, in the strong thing, you were talking about um, the rainbow children, the indigo children, these, 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 you know, let's say souls that have been here before. Um, or or old souls you know we've all heard a different variation of it um over the years i just wanted to chat to you about that and and your work around that and what what was your what was your experience around that sort of stuff
3: well i guess you know um i wouldn't say i've specialized in it by any means but it's it was an interesting thread that um you know I, i i picked up many years ago when i first heard the concept of an indigo child and i was at the time when I was in the first two years of my awakening journey, um, I was going to the to a spiritualist church on a regular basis and attending attending trance mediumship groups and you know the Sunday service and all that stuff, um, which was not how most of my mates were spending their, <laughs> their time. But well, um, you know, I would go out party, I'd go out and party and get pissed at the same time, just uh,
2: just go to church the next day. Maintain
3: time. the balance, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, but. But um, a woman there one day gave her these so-called indigo kids and the description she gave, and I remember the words were, uh, among the description was the phrase cutting through the bullshit. They hit a cut. And that just struck such a chord, you know, I knew immediately that uh, I, I was whatever this whatever this thing was, that was, you know, a pretty good description of me. Yeah. And so, you know, I kind of had that early on was like, okay, well, I'm, Uh, the this generation of so-called indigo kids is a little bit different like it's another step in the evolutionary kind of spiral for humanity and i think that that's what's happening now is is humanity is just changing energetically genetically um epigenetically and metagenetically and we are being pushed by the energies and the background energies of the solar system and and where we are in the universe uh, as well as circumstances on earth you know all the various challenges and things but I think we're gradually being able to respond to our circumstances with a slightly different consciousness and um, God knows that that's long overdue. So the, the kids that we were, you know, that you're mentioning that we talked about in that presentation were, you know, these indigo kids, rainbow kids, crystal kids. Like I don't think that um, the labels are necessarily that useful, but uh, the idea, the idea came through um, actually, I think a, a woman called Nancy Tapp, if I've got the name right, many years ago. And she was a, so she had synesthesia and was basically seeing she saw personality types as a field of color around people wow um, and she was she was very specific that it was not an auric field she was seeing she was not clairvoyant but she would see personality as a color so right okay so there's so many probably...
2: fascinating stories like that with these people they say, identify stuff as smells or colors or and they can actually do that you know it's very mm. interesting stuff yeah.
3: Yeah, and so I think maybe going back to the 70s or early 80s, she started to see for the first time this this colour, this new colour in, in or around people, um, which she'd, she'd never seen it before, and it was this indigo colour. So that was kind of where the idea sort of kicked off, and then, you know, a bunch of, ever since then, we've had sort of and psychics kind of pick up the idea and, and I think probably distort it a little bit too. Mm. But there is definitely a shift um, in humanity and you know kids now are coming through with much more heightened awareness like an intuitive knowing of things Mm -hmm. understanding of things that we haven't seen in other prior generations and you know abilities like highly advanced psychic abilities like you know the the kids in china who are able to do extraordinary things um like pushing a solid object through another solid object that shouldn't be possible but they have these these activated abilities so yeah, we're in a very interesting sort of evolutionary part of the evolutionary curve, I guess, for humans.
2: Mm. And yeah, look, is the age of those in in the bit of research that you did is the age of those people consistent, or is it is it is it just depending? Um,
3: uh, how do you mean? Sorry.
2: Is like the age range? Like, is is it is it is it is there a certain age that these people normally are? Like, is it our generation? Is it or is it just all over the place?
3: I think I think um, you know, loosely speaking, it, it's kind of kicked off mostly with our generation. Yeah, um, that was kind of where the first sort of waves started to come through. Yeah. Uh, so so yeah, we're kind of like I guess you could say, you know, we might be early early models or prototypes or something.
2: <laughs> yeah, early models. Because I think, well, I mean, if, even if you think about the things that we've both experienced or observed. In our life, like the, the fall of every major institution has happened. You know, the banking system fell. Religion has fallen. Science is money-driven. You know, like everything has actually fallen, and we've we've witnessed that. Like prior to us, there was like you know, you trust the government, you trust the bank, you do this, you do that, you go to church. You know, like there was a there was a set of rules, and you know, our generation was you know, I mean, I, when I was a teenager and stuff, we our, our primary objective was basically. Tell those rules to fuck off, basically. <laughs> um, and But we didn't think that we were going to be proved correct. Like, I've been talking about this a little bit. It's like, we all thought we were the special generation. We all thought we'd have the, 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 the global change moment. But in my mind, I thought maybe every generation thinks that. Maybe, um, you know, they all think they're the chosen ones or whatever it is. And I'm not saying we're chosen ones. However, I'm just saying that we're in a light, you know, this moment, in history will be re- reviewed in a hundred years. People are gonna look at what happened in, in this space, you know, 2020 in particular, but the before and after is going to be studied uh, by future generations. What, what we are doing in this moment is going, literally going to echo a lifetime. Uh, and, you know, we probably need to understand that a little bit better. Uh, I wonder whether the Indigo stuff, like because it, it, it is an age, like if you are like 80 to 85, you were born, then you grew up, still grew up with the rotary phone and all that sort of stuff. And you still experienced everything that we experienced. Um, I wonder whether there's something in that. I mean, if you think about from a celestial point of view, like that was coming um, out of the age of Pisces into Aquarius, I think was just happened down there. was it the seventies. I think that actually switched over. Um, so obviously there's, yeah, cause look, the other rabbit hole we're in here at unlocking the code, mate, is the megaliths and astrological and, advanced ancient civilizations and all that sort of stuff so um you know celestially right now 2020 is a very interesting time you know th- there's so many different things that are lining up it's 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 actually it's almost undeniable that something crazy is going to happen because it, it, if you if you understand history and you understand the cycles that we're in we're at the end of like two or three massive cycles um and something generally happens <laughs>
3: yeah yeah well, you're in- right uh- Totally. And we are uh, there's been a bunch, there's been multiple cycles nested inside each other yeah. that have started terminating or completing. Yes. Um, you know, as of say December twenty twelve was the major million cycle and then there's all these other ones embedded in it and larger ones as well. Like that was part of the you know, there's the great year, the twenty five thousand nine hundred year cycle. Yeah, um, yeah.
2: the, the uh, equinox, yeah.
3: We are we're watching we're watching the, the craziness and the chaos of the ending of an age and the beginning of a new age. Um, Happened in front of our faces. I mean, we're, we're seeing it here right now. Like this is the year where it's happening. We're supposed to be, you know, it's the 2020 year, 2020 vision. We're supposed to be able to start seeing things clearly now. Um, and we are literally, we have been in a dark age. We are coming out of the tail end of a dark age. So, you know, these generations like ours and, and the subsequent, subsequent ones, I think, were um, kind of engineered, if you like, by the changing energetic conditions. And they're partly to, there to help anchor in and facilitate a new structure of consciousness on the planet mm-hmm. um, so we're only just barely even beginning to see that I mean the reality is most people at this point in time don't even know what critical thinking looks like but we are we're
2: just... unfortunately the fear base the fear control system is working very well at the moment yes
3: Unbelievably well, and um, you know, give them a pat on the back because it's they've done a bang up job.
2: Oh, it's stellar! It's stellar. <laughs> like I, I, you know, I mean, I when when the toilet paper crisis hit, I had a bit more faith in humanity before everyone ran out and bought all the toilet paper for some reason, because that's yeah. that's the, that's the level of luxury that we're up to. That you know, the first thing we worry about is wiping our ass. Uh, there's a deeper meaning there, I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if we, could, we could unpack that a bit deeper However, yeah, look I, You've got to be able to see past it And I think more and more people are willing to at least try I do find that in my teaching you know, I've been teaching for the last five or six years Sort of put through about 5,000 students You know, um, As I say, this humble Aussie podcast For, for some weird reason Has got a, a global outreach now uh, And it's just grown steadily I haven't promoted it or anything So more and more people are open to different ideas. Um, And uh, do you think that... How do we start this conversation? Um, See, there's so many different facets to what's going on right now. And one of the ones that I see is I I think over the last sort of five to 10 years, there has been an accelerated awakening, for want of a better term. I hate that word. However, you understand what I'm saying when I say that. And that maybe the control that we've seen um, put on us this year was the, was the handbrake to that in some ways. You know, I think they tried to put a stop to all the good work that you've been doing, I've been trying to do, you know, that we've been trying to do for the last while um, to, to try and hold on, just hold on one more. We can We can still have the control, you know, um,
3: yeah well that's what they've been working on that for you know decades if not centuries if not millennia mm. and um, getting pretty desperate about it too which is showing
2: yeah in, it is in, very much showing
3: yeah yeah it's showing in this pandemic and um yeah they're losing <laughs> control of the <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is it is correctly pronounced plandemic. pandemic pandemic
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and look that's or the scandemic. thing yeah scandemic, pandemic i <sighs> It's it's where do we start, mate? And I I don't even know where to start. How about you start, and I'll 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 chip in. Like what? what you you look like you're bursting. You want to say some stuff. So I'll hand it over to you. Where, where do you want to go with? We we we've started down that rabbit hole. I mean the, the the fear, the control, the the pandemic. What, what do you where do you want to go with that? And don't don't hold back. You don't have to
3: hold back around you. Awesome. Yeah. No, I don't like doing that. <laughs> um, so. I do find it interesting, actually, as a sidelight, just to mention that in January this year, a an asteroid appeared in a very significant part of the, of the sky. And the name of that asteroid, funnily enough, was Asteroid Wuhan.
2: Was it really? <laughs> so, okay, a random asteroid. And see, this is... And I actually... I'm a bit ashamed that I didn't know that because I'm the asteroid dude. Like, I'm worried about rocks from space. I didn't know this, so talk to me. Where, where in space did it appear? Because i know the region. Where did it well, appear?
3: Well, see, I'm not much of an astro- astrology guy, but um, so that detail, a lot of the details kind of just fade <laughs> away. But... <laughs> that's okay.
2: That's okay. That's okay. Um, yeah.
3: But, yeah, so it, I just thought it was interesting that, you know, we talk about from a metaphysical point of view, like as above, so below, the law of correspondences. Um, what I'm driving at is that what happens in the collective consciousness here on earth is very much informed by what happens in the energy field around us and the planets and the stars and all that so i mean you can't tell me it's a coincidence that this asteroid that was discovered back in 1980 has now reappeared in, in a very significant place in the sky while this crazy circus has been playing out and it's it's like there are these psychic forces at work and the Wuhan asteroid would have some kind of, you know, every planetary body has its associations and a kind of symbolic yeah. meaning and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't need to kind of explain, you know, the connection to terrestrial events, but it mm-hmm. just goes to show that it's informing and influencing what's happening. Like right now we have kind of a collective um, delusional insanity that has gripped the planet.
2: <laughs> collective delusional insanity. I'm loving it. I'm loving the terms, man. I'm loving it. I love, I love talking to blokes like yourself because I, I think in a weird way, but I haven't come up with some of the good ones. Collective delusional, insanity. I love that. Because it is. It, it is. Like, I can't... It, it doesn't matter which way you look at the numbers. doesn't matter which way you look at any. It doesn't matter. It stinks. It smells. It's not right. It makes no fucking sense. Um, yeah, there's so many different sides to it. I, yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah, right. You're right. You're right. And also, you know... When I say collective insanity, I mean if you look at groups of people in in person gathered together, you know, and something happens to cause somebody to be anxious or stressed out or f- afraid for their life, mm-hmm. um, that that panic can spread through the group. Like at wildfire, yeah, oh, wildfire! Yeah. It's
2: unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Like
3: wildfire. And so, what we have now, and what we've got with the the level of technology that we have, is is the capacity for these. Secret societies and these psychopaths who have massive power and influence—they have the ability to create that effect on a global scale because they've got a screen in every person's home and every person's hand pocket. I mean, mm. so they all they'd have to do is activate the, the survival instinct and the fear, yeah, and lizard brain. They, they fall into this mania, this collective mania. Yeah,
2: yeah,
3: um, and that's what we've been seeing.
2: It is, and it is mania, like. Because it doesn't matter. Even if you went to the the numbers side of things and you talked about how many people normally die from the flu every year, how many people normally die from so many other things, and you, then you presented this, and it's like point zero four percent or some stupid number, right? Um, it, even if you presented that to some a lot of people, they would still say, "Oh, you got to wear the mask. Got to restrict. Yeah, restrict your breathing. There's a good idea. That's not going to not." give you any more less oxygen to the brain and stuff but anyway um you know and it's interesting how quickly it spreads i mean and you go back to everything is energy that's what i wanted to get to right you talk about that so if you can plug into the lizard brain if you can plug into that button that we've all got in the back of our heads um then again the, the and we're not holding back. The sheeple, as I like to call them, um, will will fall into line. You know, there'll always be that 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 proportion of society that will fall into line, and and give into that control, give into that fear. Um, you know, and it's been fascinating to see, like here at I, I, you know down at my local Woolworths. Now I'm I'm on the way to Toowoomba. Like I'm a, I've got a country willing. so I'm not first on the list. But I tell you what, within within ten days they had those screens up. And, you know, it's like, I'm in logistics, Brendan. So I know what it takes to manufacture those. I know what it takes to transport them, what the engineering, the, the you know, I've been in production manufacturing before and from a logistical side. So I look at something like that, that's form fit with a bracket that clicks perfectly on. And I go, that takes a lot longer than 10 days to put together. I don't care what yep. you say. You know, so it's yep. like, or you go to the, you know, the agenda 21 that no one's talking about anymore. that The fact that the, the global big, big wigs got together on the internet. You can look it up now if you want to and talked about what would happen if the coronavirus affected the planet. And then six weeks later, it happened. It's like, I, I, I you know,
3: it's. It's it's been planned for a while. I yeah. Mean, like you're saying, it's been in the works for a while and, you know, back at least as far as 2014 and actually I saw someone recently drew attention to the 2012 olympics opening ceremony and if you watch that
2: yeah i know, did see that it's like a like a virus bug yeah yeah, yeah. This, yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. This,
3: this huge kind of like ghoulish thing that's shooting out of its wand it's magic wand right casting a spell and it's yeah. shooting out these little vir- virus particles and i mean it's, it's 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 this pre-enactment of this ridiculous um sort of soap opera that we're now watching this completely staged event but it goes back to at least 2014, minimum, 2012, because the Olympic ceremony is pretty obvious what that's about. Um, it's, it's you know, event 201, ID 2020, all this stuff. It's, it's all tied together. It's all driven by the oligarchy. You know, you've got either front man like Bill Gates. you got your other sort of low-level lackeys who work in concert with people like Bill Gates, like your Tony Fauci's. I mean, all of the, the media and the, the political rhetoric has been clearly designed to enhance the fear and the panic Mm. and none of it has any scientific or medical basis whatsoever but it's very difficult to convey that to people who have imprinted on the medical system and politicians and the media as some kind of authority structure you know like you can't question somebody's imprinted authority figures it just doesn't work so facts are irrelevant at this point we're watching collective mania rule the world
2: yeah, I mean, but we're my, my concern is mate, is that it, it, it just seems to be it, it's not over. Um, and you know, obviously, you know, the next step is you know, what do we, what, what, what does China do? What do we do with China? Because that'll be the next step, you know, because they've got our fear control. Okay, we've got the masses back under control, we have control. Um, so now. So now what we're going to do is we're going to make them throw bullets at each other again, because then we can just draw the lines again. Um, You know, it it amazes me. Like you talk to a basic things. Like if we all got together and decided to stop buying Coke, Coke wouldn't exist. They rely on us buying their product. Right. End of story. Uh, Well, Coke brothers is a bit more sinister than that, but we don't have time for that right now. Um, but But the analogy works, right? The analogy works. We, we, We choose to give power to these corporations. It's the same thing with social media. Like how much power does social media have right now? You know, we we will both post this on our relative social medias when it it goes ahead. That's the reality, right? Um, However, how much power have we given that? Um, And you talk about the rhetoric. The interesting thing is that, you know, the Facebook algorithm knows that we we feed off fear and, and blood, basically. So that is what they give us. That's the things that we engage with. So at some level as well, though, mate, isn't it? We've manifested this upon ourselves it, it, in some ways.
3: Well, I mean, you can't... Like every year, they, they, they engineer a fake pandemic. You know, it's, if it's not coronavirus, it's Zika. If it's not Zika, it's Ebola. And, you know, if you pull, pull apart... You know, I'm getting off track in your question, but if you pull apart the history of virology mm. uh, and the fraud that has shaped and informed that whole field... Oh, you, yeah you would take away their ability to manipulate us with this fear-mongering fear porn because you understand that these things probably actually don't even exist because nobody's ever isolated, purified and definitively characterised these viruses. So it's all kind of this religious structure where we're supposed to just shut up and believe um, and we could go off on tangents about that, mate. Um, it's pretty deep.
2: That, that's the religion of science, isn't it? You know, I think if we can't, and you know, that would lend into some of the work you've done, the spirituality. It's like, if you can't, if you can't eat it, measure it, you know, drink it, fuck it. It doesn't exist. You know, like that's it. That's it. Right. And you know, the man in the white coat said, it's okay. You know, the man that's wearing the white coat, that's actually part of the placebo effect, but you know, um, you know, that's all been designed to do that. Right. And yeah. You know, and I always say to people as well, like you talk about medicines and stuff like that. Like if you come to me and said, you know, Triff, I've got a headache. And I said, oh, cool, man. You go to the willow bark tree over there. You get the bark off, you boil it into a tea and you drink it, your headache's going to go away. You you know, most people go, what? But then if I told you that's pretty much where paracetamol comes from, it's derived from a, you know, most of these medicines come from the earth anyway. You know, the ones that actually work um, properly you know, ibuprofen is a, is a jungle vine. Like, you know, all these things, they, they come from the earth, you know, and, and you go about the virology and stuff like that. These things happen on a planet like this. There's there's a, there's a natural balance. These viruses will happen. You know, they will, this is the thing our, our, you talk about egoic intention and hubris and ego. It's like, we, we think we can beat it. Well, when something real does come along, you're not going to be able to because, but, you know, Mother Nature will, will deal us those cards every now and again. Um, you know, you mentioned Bill Gates, like, and the viral stuff. Like, you can look into it. The Indian government is suing Bill Gates for killing the, their children because of his fucking vaccines, right? But, oh, Bill Gates is, is, is the hero that stole a Windows program back in the 90s. Like, it, you know, that's the reality. It,
3: it, it, it's crazy. It is. It, I mean, we have, we have a teenage girl deciding global like environmental and industrial policy we have a computer software thief deciding global medical policy Um, if you can't see that this whole thing is contrived and manipulated Mm. by very very powerful vested interests then I don't know what to tell you at this point I mean we've got the most powerful information tool on the planet that Mm. we've ever had it's called the internet if Mm. you can't figure out that Bill Gates is lying and full of shit I don't know what to tell you at this point you clearly clearly don't know how to use the internet
2: yeah (laughs) Do you, think, do you think they'd put the internet back in the box if they knew what it was going to do? I think they would.
3: Oh, for sure. It's, it's just... It's too... It's complicated things far too much for them and it's made it so much harder for them to control the narrative, which is why now you get this um, cancel culture. You know, everyone's getting deplatformed, platforms deleted off YouTube, deleted off Facebook. I've been censored on Facebook. I've had a page deleted. Oh, um, really? Yeah, yeah. June of 2018, they did their first major censorship purge and at least 100 pages alternative type pages got deleted just we woke up one morning and it was just gone so um you know and that was followed by further purges and so on and, and we've just heard from uh, richie allen that he's got an insider at google and they are planning google is planning to ramp up this censorship something savage in concert with youtube and twitter so that they can control the narrative and just days after i read that um del victory YouTube account was just deleted, gone, and a few days before that, Max Egan's YouTube account was deleted. So, as a clear pattern here, I mean, if you can't see that, you're in denial.
2: Yeah, and if you, if you, oh look, I, I I'd say you know we've said enough keywords on here that if we posted this on YouTube, it'd probably get taken down or it would be demonetized. You know, like it's and, but how, so how so we so obviously there's in, there's there's more independent platforms and stuff like that. But it's, it's and it's hard isn't it because YouTube that sort of stuff there's a lot of really interesting stuff on YouTube however platforms like that have allowed us to connect yeah so these things are tools at the end of the day they, they do have positive benefit um, but I think how do how do we stop in you know talk about any of these corporations you know you know Google is the, one of the richest companies on the planet because they've got access to all of our information that's that's it they they've got you know, I've got an Android phone. It's listening. I know it's listening. I've given up trying to pretend that it's not, I don't care anymore. Um, however, how do we, what, what, so here's the question, right? We could, we could, we could go down conspiracy rabbit holes. We could do all that. We could go. There's so many different facets, but what's the way forward. You know, that's what I've been asking people. How, how do we, convince a larger mass larger proportion of the masses that we are giving the power to these corporations there is a percentage of this we are actually allowing to happen um you're right if if you, 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 you there's a point where you can't communicate with someone anymore if they're that tied into the current narrative or any narrative for that matter um but what's the way forward man like you know we obviously agree you know we could chat for hours about different bits and pieces i'm sure However, how do we convince the next bloke and the next bloke and the next bloke? What, what, what's, what's the way forward. Um, and I suppose the the, the larger question is how do we go forward without a major piece of contrast, right? How do we go forward without a rock from the sky without world war three, you know, without that massive bit of contrast for us to go, hang on a minute, this actually isn't the way, you know, because that's my concern. Humans, we do not learn without contrast. Um, And we are being provided some contrast at the moment, obviously it's, it's unprecedented times. However, I don't think it's enough. Um, so what's the way forward, man? How do we, I don't have a good answer either just for the record. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
3: I mean, it'd be great if, if, you know, we, we did have a magic wand and, and could just wave it. Uh, the the reality is that we as humans live in a, a complex, system, uh, a complex self-organising system that's constantly shifting and and changing and growing and evolving. So there's no simple solution for a complex system like that. Um, What will happen is it will eventually reach uh, a point of criticality or or, critical mass. And that's when things suddenly spontaneously make dramatic shifts. Mm. And so I feel like our job, uh, for those of us who are at least a little bit aware of what's going on, is to just continue... Uh, the conversation, continue to share the dialogue, uh, mm. share information and, and also hold the energy that supports the creation of the things that we want to see in the world. Um, I mean, it's it's almost, I find the whole thing that we're seeing right now completely infuriating. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like my inner critic is just going ballistic at this stuff. Yeah. Because it's so batshit crazy. But we we can't sort of sit in that energy um, for too for too long because it's not ultimately a constructive kind of energy. So
2: love is the answer, man. That's the, that's the reality, right? And it, it, as as much as much as you want to rally at the skies, we must be compassionate. We must show understanding and love to our fellow brothers and sisters because that is the answer. Um, but it's hard, man. It's hard. Yeah, so-
3: that's it, and that's part of the you know the growth challenge for us is. I think patience learn really embodying patience and tolerance mm. in the face of tremendous stupidity and, and you know gullibility yeah. and understanding that, you know, that it it could, could be us, it could have been us. I mean, at some point in, in time back in the past, it it was us in some sense before we woke up and, and were aware. Yeah. Um so, you know, it's like one day I mean, my mum just woke up uh, recently. I mean, that's you know, she's, she's seventy. Um so I've been I've been talking to her about stuff like this for 17 odd years and it's taken till now for her to her mind to reach critical mass and have that shift. Yeah. so yeah. I mean you can't like you can't convince someone if you need to convince them they won't be convinced like if they need to be convinced it's not going to happen. Um, it just happens when people are ready when they've had enough pain or suffering under their current way of thinking and functioning that they they've start to open up and that's just the le- the thing I've learned from humans is that we will resist change to the nth degree until we're pretty much at our last breath, and then it's we'll consider we'll consider actually. I, I might
2: up. do something now. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: And, and I see it all the time, you know. But we just don't like change. Like no one really likes to change a, a way of being, even if it's even if your life is traumatic. Like I see this all the time: people who are attached to trauma, attached to drama, attached to pain. Mm. They don't want to change because the change process is inherently unsettling and uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, so I get it. Like I get it. It's like, it's just basic human psychology, you know. But um, you know, if we don't start shifting beyond the current uh, levels of awareness and and cognitive function that we have, where we are going to be in some deep, deep shit. Because what's being engineered by these psychopaths and their their lackeys, you know, like Dan, Deep State Dan in Victoria. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Deep State Dan.
2: Deep Deep State Dan and Scotty from marketing. Um. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look. I, and that. Like. It's. Yeah. Uh, again. Where do you go, man? Like. There's so much. There's so much to say. Deep state. Dan. Like. I don't know. Why isn't anyone putting together the fact that. You know, uh, four week. You know, a couple of months ago, Victoria had sold out to China, and now they have the highest recorded level of COVID cases. I don't know whether that's you know can we is there any correlation there no parallels no no. You know, where, where's all the supplies coming from that are being flown in? Where are they coming from? They're not coming from America. They're not coming from anywhere else apart from one place. That's you know, yeah. like. Look, I oh, think yeah. what, yeah, one of the hopes, not, I, one of the hopes I do have. So we don't, we don't always. You know, I'm trying to bring it back. You know, love is the answer, right? One of the hopes is that. uh through this, there is a glimmer of hope that maybe every individual country should look after itself from a manufacturing base, from a production base, you know, because obviously, again, we're of the age when we grew up, everything was made in Australia and now it's not, you know, like the, in the last 20 years, the, we've sold everything. It's all gone. Um, you know, And there is a hope. There's a growing movement out of this that not only us, and I don't, you know, I'm obviously I'm, I'm, I'm an Aussie and I love being an Aussie. However, every country should be independent. Every country should manufacture absolutely everything they can for their own people and then go from there, you know, and that's the bottom line. Every country looks after itself first and then whatever extra is made from that, that's negotiable. However, we should have our own. But the thing is globally, if we, you know, in the Star Trek universe, we could actually um, help each other very, very easily and still look after ourselves. You know, yeah. that's, that's, yeah, that is one of the hopes. I do think there is some patriotism, but I know that's a loaded term coming out of some of this, and maybe that will be the vehicle for some people's awakening. Because it's like, okay, we can't do this anymore. You know, we we've got to do it a different way.
3: You know. Yeah, yeah, and and that's what seems to be happening. I mean, it's it's a very interesting the thing. There's so many different levels and layers to it. I did want to say, you know, without going down the rabbit hole necessarily, that when when they are reporting COVID cases, um, the tests produce meaningless results. Yes. Whether it's the anti- antibody test or the PCR test, it doesn't actually mean anything. Um, it is just garbage. So this whole plant pandemic is based on data from completely meaningless sources. And then the rest of it is like, you know, basically looking at someone and going, well, you've got a cough. You've got you know, some sort of respiratory issue. Instead mm. of calling it a cold or a flu, this year we're going to call it COVID. Um, I mean, that's, that's how sophisticated this it is. It's just garbage. So... Um, well, I think,
2: I think so. I think to add to that, mate, I think it was the, it was Ghana. The president in Ghana was questioning the tests and he Tanzania, actually, I
3: think it was Tanzania. It, it was
2: a Tanzania and he, yeah, he, he tested two grapefruit and they came back as COVID.
3: Okay. Yeah. I've heard um, the Tanzanian guy, uh, president was, um, he tested a goat and a pawpaw. And that's they,
2: yeah. That's probably the yep, one. Yeah. 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 Yep, yeah a goat yep, and a pawpaw dude. and they came back with COVID. Yeah. Like, uh, where we, if if that's the point that we're going to, um, there was a there was one today where it's like, you know, it was actually made the news. This guy, this poor guy, died from COVID in the messengers. I knew this guy. He's been battling cancer for a long time.
3: There you go. That's you know, it.
2: it's 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 like, oh, there's the meme. You know, the so someone sos parachute didn't open. Another death due to COVID. <laughs> yeah,
3: that's, that's it. I mean, we've we've got we've got to give coronavirus. um credit for producing the best memes I think I've ever seen um, yeah,
2: memes I'm only on social media for the memes man like the memes my, my promote my podcast that's pretty much it that's all. <laughs> Just, I'm a meme collector I think they're fantastic yeah for
3: sure, <laughs> yeah, for sure. We, it's yeah we, man we could go on for hours I could talk about the whole you know the medical aspects of it I think um, anyone who's really interested in going down that rabbit hole should check out the first few episodes of of my podcast because that's kind of what I've dedicated it to so your podcast just, name,
2: mate. Eh? What's the name of it?
3: It's Truthiverse. So truthiverse.com is where you'll find it. Um, and the videos eventually make it up onto YouTube. But I just find it, my mentality is always to go to the foundations of something. Yes. You know. And and when you get to the foundations, if the foundations are valid, then the rest of the structure might be valid too. It might be. But if the mm. foundations are garbage and rotten, the mm. rest of the structure doesn't matter. It's, it's garbage. You can write it off. So that's what Absolutely. I found. That's, that's where my interest has been from day one. It hasn't been the sort of like, you know, the so-called conspiracy theories about manufactured bioweapons and stuff. I've just gone into the history and the foundation of virology and the testing. And, okay. and it's it, it, there's really no foundation for us to believe um, that there is even a new coronavirus, that it, let alone that it's infectious, let alone that you can give it to me, or I can give it to you. I mean, none of this is proved at all. Um, and you know that applies to the cold, common cold, the common flu. They've done experiments where they've tried to contaminate people who are healthy with from, by people who had serious, serious hardcore flu. Yeah. Um, and this was in the wake in the wake of the Spanish flu. Um. So they did these experiments, and it was replicated. And basically, long story short is they failed completely, failed to give their healthy subjects the flu from the from the the sick people. So essentially, what they found was it's very, very difficult, if not impossible, to actually infect someone. So we Mm. may be operating under this delusional belief in infectious viruses like so-called influenza and all this stuff when, in fact, what we know is that those cases were the result of poisoning um, and polio is the result of toxicity. So Mm. it's this whole huge paradigm that we need to start unpacking. And if we do, they'll never be able to pull off a successful fake pandemic again because we'll know that this whole virus thing is, is just fluff.
2: Mm,
3: okay oh, so i mean all right
2: so a couple of questions there so you you obviously had the cold you've had the flu so what do you think that is then
3: essentially long story short and this will sound simplistic but when your body is sufficiently stressed through toxicity through psychological stress emotional stress so an immunological to go, response yeah it has to go through a process of purging and cleansing itself to rectify the situation like our blood pH, our tissue pH has to sit in a very, very narrow, very narrow range for mm. us to have healthy blood, healthy cells, and function properly mm. and if if we are consuming the wrong thing or we are being exposed to things that upset that balance, that pH balance, i mean even electromagnetic radiation mm. um, is a source of toxicity, right energetically, and we have an a response in our cells where we are producing genetic matter, these little these tiny little units, vesicles, that are that consist of or contain at least this genetic material that is produced in response to stress and toxicity. So that is picked up. That gets picked up in these so-called diagnostic tests and then they're going, oh, well, they assume you've been infected by someone else through this virus because this entrenched belief, this article of faith is that viruses are out there in the world and they're out to get us. If they get inside you, you'll get sick. And that belief, I have to tell you, I know it sounds insane, but the reality is nobody has ever demonstrated that to be true.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. That's interesting. That's interesting. So, so do you say, so, so you thinking that it's, I suppose if I think back the times I've got the flu really badly, it's definitely been during a of stress or during, a, you know, and you know, at the end of being very stressful, you have a, a, a some symptoms, um, yeah that's interesting man that's interesting so airborne transmission that sort of stuff that's the sort of things you're unpacking as you say they put someone so you're saying that they put someone in in a room with the spanish flu and someone who was perfectly healthy and the healthy person didn't
3: get sick they did more than just put them in the room i mean they took nasal swabs out of these people's sinuses and they swabbed it into the healthy person's sinuses they had them sit and breathe face to face with, I mean, people who were dying on the deathbeds and inhale their breath for five minutes constantly. Mm. They had them cough in their faces up close, sneeze in their faces up close. They did all these disgusting things to swap bodily fluids, and not a single person got sick.
2: Yeah, right. Wow. See, that, that's mind blowing. See, I haven't done that sort of in depth research. I, I'll be checking out truthiverse.com, mate. I, I want to I hear some more about this stuff um yeah, that that's it is fascinating stuff and the thing is is that it's it's not like so you know In, a, in a, this is interesting right so in, in a few sentences there you, you challenge some pretty entrenched belief systems in myself um just because of flus and transmission and that sort of stuff like that's what you've grown up with you know all that sort of thing um however it wouldn't surprise me it wouldn't surprise me if if, if you know looking into what you're saying is, is, is right. You know, it would not surprise me that it it would be, you know, I think the control mechanisms of modern society have been slowly, slowly, slowly put upon us for probably the last two or 300 years, I would say in, in, in the modern society, the society that we exist in now, you know, there's, there's the, you know, when, when technology started to, to begin to take over and we got to the point, there's a, trying to remember the book now however the the premise basically was that once we got to a a level of um, comfort that we could send explorers out into the world to figure out what everything else was about while they were away because they were gone for a long time because the earth's a bloody big place you know we we created the industrial revolution and all that sort of stuff And essentially these explorers came back after spending time with these indigenous civilizations and seeing some of the amazing monuments that still exist around the planet that we ignore that are there. And they came back and said, Hey, 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 this isn't what we're supposed to do. You know, there's a, there's a larger existence at play here. There's, there's, there's experiences we all need to have. And basically as a, as a Western society, we turn around and said, Oh no, it's all right. We got it now. And, you know, then through greed and money and power and, you know, here we are like it's um you know and look there is a there i do i do think there is a larger um larger paradigm a larger narrative at play you know that's part of the work that i do you know you've got to choose your choose your passions brendan I've, i've sort of um i'm down the megalithic rabbit hole the fact of an advanced civilization existing here in australia our indigenous civilization was much more advanced than we ever will understand uh, and potentially was for a very long time. However, every now and again, you know, regardless of what happens on this planet, big rocks come out of the sky or a volcano goes off and it hits the reset button. You know, mm-hmm. and, I, and and we are the survivors of a of a civilization that existed. It seems to be, as far as evidence suggests, in a bit more harmony with the planet than we do right now. And you know, we understood things about sound and, and energy and, and vibration that we we've since lost the understanding of because um, at, at some point we, we went from, yeah you know, the other problem is too with, with what's going on now is that it actually firmly falls on the shoulders of men, Brendan, you know, we, we, we have not honored the feminine side in ourselves and have not honored the feminine in the actual duality of nature enough to, to have a balance and our, our greed and our lust for he who dies with the most toys wins nature um it, we are paying the price for that as well, and at some point in the very near future it 's going to be our problem mate. you know we, and, and as you say we 're here to try and spread the word um, and I think planting seeds is is the thing I like to say you know i 'll talk to a group of people about whatever they want, and some of them aren 't going to believe me, some of them are going to think i 'm crazy. Um, however I see that those people, and this is how I deal with it is it i 've just planted a seed. Planted a seed, it's all good. It may come to fruition, it may not. However, it's our job to plant those seeds um, moving forward.
3: That's right. I think it's if we can make people curious and just want to learn more. I mean, you know, something sparked in me that made me want to learn more about, you know, virology and the history of viruses. And, um, you know, we can't all be on top of everything. You know, like you've got your megalith interest, I've got my interests. I mean, like I said, we're infinitely ignorant and will never will never change that. No. But I think what we should also do, in my humble opinion, is try to chip away at that ignorance um, in the areas that we're passionate about, and also in the areas that affect us all. You mm. know, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you know we could have like like hypothetically, if we had collectively all had a good knowledge of history in medicine, mm. or the history of virology this mm-hmm. pandemic could never have succeeded because yeah. people would have been immune to the fear they would have been immune to this false notion that there's these new viruses roaming around i mean you know zach bush does a really good job of talking about the biome and, and how we've been co-evolving with the virome and we're covered mm. in you know we're covered in so-called viruses and bacteria and we're, we've had these horizontal gene exchanges with these these little entities out there that have helped us to get to where we are now by taking on this their genetic material um, yeah. so, so there's nothing for us to be afraid of there really is nothing for us to fear but if as, as soon as you get that little crack of you know light and ray of light coming through the psyche you can see that the main outlets of information are designed to make us afraid and keep us in fear because we cannot function intellectually and rationally from that place so that's where we get manipulated we're manipulated our blind spots like i didn't know that long it wasn't that long ago that i started discovering this stuff about um viruses um so you know i'm, I'm learning uh, and we all just need to be learning when it's something big that impacts us and our way of life mm-hmm. when it's, when we're risking being enslaved under a stalinist kind of form of dictatorship like they've started installing in victoria yeah. uh we should be doing our homework and questioning the foundations of the story we're being told you know what is mm-hmm. a virus is it possible What's to spread one from one person to another i mean all this stuff that we just gloss over and there's these assumptions built into our civilization since the 1800s. Mm-hmm. And those guys who who formed that belief system were like Robert Koch and, and Louis Pasteur. They were guilty of some fraud. I mean, Louis Pasteur, they found his his journals and they discovered that he was lying. He was fabricating his results. But mm-hmm. he is the godfather of germ theory, which has us all believing that viruses are out to kill us. Mm-hmm. So, if we knew our history we would be much, much less susceptible to the kind of manipulation that's happening right now. And I just encourage people to be open to to learning new things and open to a different perspective. You know, that's, that's just, it's an adventure, like, there's no need to be attached to some opinion or some belief. You know, I'm just, I'm learning. I'm just learning and I'm sharing what I'm learning. I'm not saying I have all the answers. I definitely don't have all the answers. And that's yeah, what's so interesting. Yeah, don't know.
2: listen. Don't listen to us, man. We don't know anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We, we say that all the time. Don't listen to us. We don't know anything. However, you know, from our perspective, we've unpacked certain ideas and we, and it's the same as anything that I do here, mate. You know, like obviously... The, thing, the reason I, I love the, 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 the megalithic stuff and that is that there's a reason they left these big stones somewhere. You know, they, they didn't build massive stone structures for nothing. And th- there's all these messages in these stone structures. And I, I, do, I do truly believe that there's answers in the past that will help us in the present to truly understand the future. Because the narrative is they control the past, right? This is what happened. Well, no, it's not what fucking happened at all, right? The past is, is just as much of a lie as anything else. It, it's it's unbelievable, um, and if we could truly understand where we come from, then we might understand where we are a bit better to know where we need to go. You know that that's that's all part of the puzzle as well. Um, have one of the interesting things, you know, and I've, I've got a million other rabbit holes, but I'm sort of just narrowing down my foot. Like that's my one of my big chunks is that. Um, but what I found interesting when I'm researching all this stuff, and i and I'm I want, I'm pretty sure you would have found the same is that no one really, like, like you say, you know, a virus, what's a virus when you start digging into it, do we actually know? No, we actually don't. The, the, and, and you, you want to um, talk about something you said before about the, the underlying structure, you know, what is the foundation of these ideas that we, we hang our hats on? And it's so fascinating that so many of them um, are bullshit. Like there is very, very little that, um, actually, it has a good foundation. Like, pick something, you know. Like, I mean, Darwinism. You know, th- th- there's so many things. Like, everything is is on it. Is it's you know, the emperor has no clothes. Like, it's not actually. A, it's 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 not really real. It's just that it's been said that many times on a repetitive nature um, through the force of media or, or indoctrination or, or all these things that we have that. It's now become gospel, but it's actually not. That that's one of the most fascinating things that I find about the research that I do. All the stuff that I've done, it's it's so thin. The, the evidence of this stuff is so thin. As soon as you look into it, it's and you can pick whatever topic you want. You know, you know, even even something silly like who named the Atlantic Ocean. No one knows who named the Atlantic Ocean. No one knows. Like you ever, like that's one of the surprising ones, right? It's like. Who named the Atlantic Ocean? Oh, you know, Bob did. You know, old oh, mate, fucking, he did it. Who's old mate? Oh, you know, old mate. It's like there's nothing there, you know? It's like, and if if the foundation's are sand, then everything's bullshit. But I think the problem with that is that, you know, I, I openly grasp that and I think it's fantastic. It's a little scary sometimes, however trying to communicate that to a larger population is, is difficult because they so much of what they do on a day-to-day basis, they're, they're hooked into, you
3: know? Yeah. And, and it's challenging because, you know, like you've probably had the experience I've had in some form where you realize that you are more than your human persona, your tiny little ego, um, yeah. yeah. you know, you're something very vast and very timeless and eternal, mm-hmm. And so, you know, for us who've had that, who've been initiated like that, it's, we don't have the attachments, like these, these petty egoic attachments to things that, you know, like my uh, osteopath, you know, she was not particularly open to my perspective on viruses. Um, and, you know, it's like we can free ourselves by starting with self-awareness. We, from, from self-awareness, if we know who we are beyond mm. the human ego, the human construct, then it's it gets very interesting because then we can play with concepts, we can play with our ideas without taking it personally, without being attached to it. I'm quite fine if someone comes along and has really good, robust evidence that you can actually give someone the flu. It's yeah. just that I haven't seen it, and it's like you know, Carrie Mullis. Carrie Mullis made a great um, comment. He was being he's done some really interesting interviews. He was the inventor of the PCR test and has been a, a really outspoken dissident a voice on uh, HIV equals AIDS, equals death, you know, the whole HIV theory. And he's, he's like, you know, he said, it's it's not about what I believe. Mm. I just, I don't have any evidence for it. So how can I believe it if there's yes. no evidence? I, that would be religion, not, that's faith. You know, it's blind faith. If you have no evidence whatsoever yeah. to back it, and yeah. not only no evidence to back it, but all the available information suggests the complete opposite, then it would be completely irrational to invest yourself in that opinion, but it's great to be free enough to be able to just pick up a concept and, and go, you know, I'll just play with this for a while. I'll just play with that for a while. Like right yeah. now I'm playing with this whole kind of virus thing and going, you know, maybe next week, someone will show me that chickenpox is definitely a thing that can be, and you know, like I've kept the door open, right? You've got to keep an open mind and not become closed and rigid. Like chicken pox seems to be a really interesting thing. Like we mm. can catch, it seems like we can catch that from one another, but what is it that we're
2: catching? How does that work? I don't know. And I don't know anyone who does. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. And, and you start asking these questions. It's like, okay, yeah, I had chicken pox as a kid. I remember it as the best three weeks of my existence as a child because I had to be isolated. I was on the couch. I was eating ice cream, watching TV. My chicken pox experience was great. I was a bit itchy. <laughs> don't worry me wrong. I had some spots on me. I was a bit itchy. I had a great time. Um, yeah. But how did we? How did I catch it? I don't know how I caught it. Right? And this <laughs> is the thing. We... The, the, the problem is, is that, you know, I wanted to chat about the fear-generated society because this is obviously, we're in the next phase of that. However, you know, you, you can probably remember the day that 9-11 happened. Um, that, was, that was the first start of the fear-generated society. Like, that was the terrorists are coming. Everyone's coming. Terrorists are coming. Terrorists are coming, right? Because, I mean, when I was a kid growing up in Ballarat and Victoria, we had barbecues on the street. When you went away for holidays, your neighbours watched your house. And you didn't question the fact that your neighbours were watching your house, you know. Every now and again, a cricket game would break out in the middle of the street, and you know there'd be twenty kids playing there. You know, the old there was an old bloke with a steam tractor that said he didn't like kids, but he let the kids hang off the steam tractor. You know, we everybody knew each other, and it was okay. You know, we helped the old. You know, I remember an old couple next door. I used to go and you know help her out. That sort of stuff. But now you ask majority of people, "What's your neighbour's name?" They couldn't tell you, right? And I think the fear generated society was started with the, with the terrorism, you know um, I was staying at my mum and dad's place at the time. And my younger brother woke me up when that happened. And this is, this is him this is what he tells me. He goes, I woke you up to tell you that there was planes that had flown into the twin towers. He goes, you rolled over and said, we're all fucked now. And then we're all back over and went back to sleep. <laughs> that, like, <laughs> that's, that's all I said. Right? And, <laughs> And as as it turns out, we're not far off the truth, you know. And and this is just the next installation of that fear generation, you know. And and it's, it's how do we, you know it, fear is such a is, is such a um, so easily controlled, you know? I mean, I must admit, when all this this the the the, the, the pandemic first came, and I well, I had no, I, I've been down different rabbit holes. I wasn't really paying attention. And it did have a I did have a fear generated response, I will be honest, you know I've got small children, you know i've got, you know my wife got small children. I had a fear generated response um and then I thought about it and started looking into it and thought, oh, hang on a minute, you know and the thing is, yes, did I do some preparing for my family? Of course I did because I got to look after my family, but was it because of that no it was because of the 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 crazy people that are responding to that you know that are in that fear response. And how do we without, you know, it's like, what do we do? Drop LSD in the water or, you know, we just change all the mushrooms to, to, to golden tops. And, you know, then everybody will have a psychedelic experience and we'll all be cool. Um, how, how do we get past that? That's the thing.
3: I mean, great question. You know, how do you free someone's mind from the matrix? Uh, Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. The matrix was a documentary. Um, Yeah. I was actually pretty sure that when Donald Trump became the president of the United States, I'm like, surely this is proof that we're living in the matrix. You know, someone's just at a computer just fucking with us. Oh no, let the bloke with the orange hair in charge. That'll work.
3: <laughs> <laughs> But you know what I like about that is that it, sh- it 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 makes it the fact that the whole thing is is um, a circus more obvious. Like it makes it look as... Because the whole thing was staged and controlled to begin with for decades, ever since JFK copped the magic bullet.
2: Absolutely, but, yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> the uh, magic bullet, yeah. The bullet that was perfect and just fell off the trolley.
3: <laughs> oh, look, there's yeah. the bullet.
2: Oh, it's perfect.
3: <laughs> yeah, and it somehow yeah. flew into his head from two different angles. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, it's amazing, um, yeah. So, you know, it just helps. It's great that he, he has acted as a pattern interrupt. And, mm. you know, people, people who aren't adept at thinking Things through carefully. Say here they hear that and they go, "Oh, you're pro Trump. You're pro Trump." Well, no, I'm saying he represents something interesting happening in the human psyche
2: uh, that we yeah. haven't
3: seen before. <laughs>
2: Absolutely, he was a stick in the spokes, right? You know, um, I had the, I did a podcast the other day. You know, just released it last week. I, I have a poker night up here, and we did what we called nights of the round table, and we got into a pretty robust discussion about what what's going on at the moment, and. You know, it's like I'm pretty sure that if Hillary, the demon from another dimension, Clinton, um, got into power, we'd currently be at World War III. We would currently be in the middle of a of a massive because that's what that's where she was going. That 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 was her alliances. That was her that was her her secret society's part of the plan. And and Donald Trump, I'm pretty sure he didn't think he was going to win. I think he did it for a bit of a joke, and then he did because the people were sick of what was going on. I don't, it was a bit of a stick in the spokes, um, you know, and, you know, history will judge him how they would judge him. I, it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, and, 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 and you know, I'm, I'm not pro Trump either. However, it's fascinating. It's interesting. And I'm not sure if he's a lunatic genius or he's just a fucking lunatic. Like, I don't know. He's definitely a lunatic. It's just which side of the lunatic spectrum is he on? Um, yeah. It's, he's playing. Yeah. He's
3: playing the game. He's playing a game. Um, I think people t- have a tendency to to, to give um, you know politicians too much credit, um, and you know these you know people who are conspiracy minded also have a tendency to give the secret societies and the cabal too much credit. Like yeah. people are like people are like, oh, Trump's playing this five D chess and all this, and I'm like, I think you're giving him a bit much credit. I think he's a very interesting interesting dude to have as president, yeah. but. He's a pretty nuts and bolts, like I think meat and potatoes kind of guy, who has probably had a massive learning curve since he got there. Because when you become president, you start learning shit about how the world really works, and he would have had some mind blowing moments, um, doing that. And but, 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 those...
2: day to, yeah, but day to day, I'm not too sure he thinks past KFC in his next tweet. You know, I'm not <laughs> really... <laughs> his cheeseburger and his Diet Coke and his speed, and and you know, that's what he does, but, um.
3: It, you know, no one, no one's done as much damage to the pedophile networks as Trump has done.
2: Absolutely, absolutely, yeah, period. You can't, you cannot deny that. Um, and and that was one of the things too. Like you look at some of the narratives that are unfolding. Um, can never remember his last name. Alex, Alex, Jones, Jones. Yeah, that's him. I mean, he is he. The way he projects some of the things that he says is is quite insane because he's yelling and he's like, you know, the interdimensional sex aliens you know, it's, 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 it's pretty intense. But a lot of the things that he said a few years ago have actually came true. Like no one's really saying that. Like, he's like, there's going to be a massive pedophile ring bust up. This is the plan. This is what's going to happen. Da, 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 And if you actually paid attention, it all played out exactly how he said it was going to play, out. you know, and maybe, you know, and look, you can't just say Trump has done that. And maybe he's part of that shift. Like, Maybe he's on the good side. I don't know. Or maybe he's on his own side. And he just he doesn't know what's going on. I don't know.
3: You know? You'll probably you'll probably find somewhere in, in the um in the astrology charts that someone who fits the Trump kind of description archetypally is is written into it. Um, you know, like none of this stuff is just sort of random isolated coincidences. It's just that we are we are going through a very interesting shift. And Mm. so stuff looks really weird and chaotic and kind of circus, circus entertaining at times, you know, it's
2: it's definitely entertaining. If if you can get over being infuriated and as you say, step back and, and try and look at it from that objective observational point of view, where you just take in the perspectives and don't be attached to them. It's hilarious. Like some of the things that are going on, it's quite amusing. Um, And I'm not trying to put light on anyone dying. That's terrible. However, that's also reality of human existence. Okay. We're here, we go, that's it. Right. Um, yeah, it is quite amusing. It is quite amusing. And and again, we, if you want to you know, astrologically, we're in, we're in a very fascinating time. Uh, So one of the um, podcasts I did earlier uh, this year was on, have you heard of Gobekli Tepe? Yeah. Yeah. So pillar 43 and Gobekli Tepe is a star chart. Um, and that star chart matches four dates. It matches eighteen thousand years ago, um, twelve thousand eight hundred years ago, which was the time of the last cataclysm. That was when the reset button was hit. Uh, four thousand years ago, which is basically the fall of Egypt and the rise of Rome, and today.
3: Uh, how, you, how about
2: that? Yeah. <laughs> right. So it's like. How did a how did a civilization that existed prior to twelve thousand, thirteen thousand years ago actually that there's some significance, you know, in the stars that, yeah, as you say, as above, so below. You know, um, yeah. you know, I know, you know, the the strong boys have got some interesting predictions about later in the year. Uh, however, to to what's interesting about that is it, and if you've noticed when you look up at the sky. Um, that Jupiter and Saturn are in line with each other. If you notice, like if you look up, you look up the, the big, the big, massive looks like a star, and the little one directly underneath it, they're quite prominent. That's actually Jupiter and Saturn. And every twenty years, the the Great Congregation happens. Um, however, on December twenty first, which is the winter or the summer solstice, depending on which hemisphere you're in, the Great Congregation will be closer than it has been in over six hundred years. Um, mm. It happens every 20 years. So it's not one of those, oh, it's happening randomly. But last time it was behind the sun, we couldn't see it. But Jupiter and Saturn will be the closest they've been since uh, for 600 years or something like that. Yeah. You know, So even, even stuff within our solar system is happening is very interesting.
3: Oh, um, yeah. oh,
2: yeah. And even like comets were never really a good thing either, Brendan. I don't know if you looked into history, man. Like, the fact that there's been a comet streaming across the sky for the last three months... Comments were always bad news back in the day. They Mm. were, they were, they were never, they were never received as, as, as positive things, (laughs) you know? So there's so many, and, and it's like, are they markers? You know, you've also got to ask the question because are we, are we joining dots together that aren't there? Right. I mean, I'm always very aware of that. I'm, I'm, I'm very aware that I could be crazy. Okay. I am very aware of that. Um, you're have aware
3: a cra- of it, you're
2: not crazy. <laughs> and yeah, crazy people don't think that they're crazy. That's the only <laughs> thing that I've got. Right, the fact that I think that I'm crazy means that I'm not theoretically. But I don't. I don't. Don't know If I trust that. Um, but it's interesting times, man. A- astrologically, uh, materially, spiritually, you know, you could go dimensionally. You know, I think there's there's raising in vibration. Um, you know, we are being tested. As you say, it's very easy to be infuriated. But we have to always remember that love is the answer. Um, patience is being tested. Um, well, mate, I've probably taken up enough of your time. Is there anything you wanted to finish up on?
3: Um, well, mate, I've, I've really enjoyed the chat. Um, if people want to check my stuff out, you know, um, my podcast is truthaverse.com, My website, you can get my book through my website. The Grand Illusion is at brendandmurphy.com. Um so yeah, check it out, connect with me and um evolve yourself also. If anyone's looking for a sound-based evolutionary modality, which we haven't had a chance to talk about, but
2: yeah, yeah, let's let's finish on that, mate. I know you wanted to have a have a chat about that. So let's finish on that.
3: Yeah, well, um so I do this thing, which is a form of DNA activation using sound intention. And um it is a remote modality, so it's works non-locally if you like. Mm-hmm. Um it's yeah i mean i've used it on myself i've used it on several hundred people at this point with some pretty interesting uh results and occasionally pretty pretty shocking in a, in a positive way of results so mm-hmm. it is if you like a transformative kind of experience um kind of more in line with an initiation type concept as opposed to you know people people are used to thinking of things in terms of like are we going to be doing a weekly meditation or are you going to give me a, a track that i will listen to every day or something like that it's not like that it's like having an experience that shifts you at a fundamental level so mm-hmm. that then you can go on in life um, in a different state in, with a different baseline. Okay. Um, it's not about adding adding a work, another workload or obligation or whatever. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the the essence of it, is this sound healing, the um, activation modality with this evolutionary kind of bent to it, which is something that people can tap into through Evolve Yourself. And if they want to see an explanation, a deeper explanation, then... Um, the masterclass is at evolveyourself.live, so you can check it out there. It's totally free. So, um, yeah, see if it resonates.
2: Well, make make sure make sure you uh, send me all your links, make all your details. I'll I'll chuck them up in the bio of the podcast, and uh, we can share all that stuff. And you just started a whole nother conversation. Now I've got two thousand questions, and the, it, we could talk about the lack of initiation in modern society. We could talk about sound and vibration, and you know, from a from a from a standpoint of healing, from a standpoint of, of, of material matter, and whether or not we match that vibration, we can affect it. Um, look, mate, I'd love to have you on again. I think this is this is our first podcast. Probably won't be our last one, mate, because um, yeah, I've got uh, plenty of other things to talk about. I mean, it, let's just touch on the initiation because I because I, I'd, I'd love to hear your opinion on this. So is there a reason you, you, you centered around like an initiation process? Is, is it something? Cause I mean, one of the things we've talked about a lot is the lack of initiation in modern society. Like there's no, you know, one day you wake up and you're paying bills, right? As a man, we had no initiation. It's like, Oh, you're 18. Now you can drink piss. That's basically it. Okay. Um, whereas once upon a time in a, in a tribal nature, there was a, there was a, there was an initiation. You had to go and you had to do something. You had to go, through certain trials and tribulations to, to transition you from the child to the man that you would become, you know, and in certain uh, tribal natures, you actually get a different identity. You would come out of it with a different identity. You would go in one name and come out another name because that's the effect of, of, of these initiations. And have you found that through, and I'm interested, man, I might, and I, I, I'd like to sound healing and stuff myself. I'll, I'll be definitely looking into it myself just for an experience um, because the evolutionary DNA thing, like there's so many topics there, but do you think the lack of initiation is, is one of the big problems with modern society as well the, the, and the materialism and stuff like that? There's a big section there. I think that's a problem.
3: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I mean, we don't have the structure, like the social kind of structures in place that we used to in tribal societies where um, they understood basic kind of psychological and emotional needs of of the members of the tribe. Um, Mm -hmm, And they understood mm -hmm. like there was clearly an understanding whether it was just intuitive or, you know, more deeply developed that to, to take, to create a man out of a boy is something that doesn't just happen naturally. It has to be, it has to kind of be engineered. It has to be worked
2: through. Yeah. Cultured. It has to be nurtured. It has, there's, there's a sea of experiences. You know, it's like the the indigenous one. It's like, oh, they'd be out the bush for three days, and they thought they were by themselves. They never were. There was always someone tracking them, and all that sort of stuff. However, for all extents and purposes, to your experience, you were by yourself. Um, and and it's something that's missing. You know, obviously, yeah. you talk about men and and what we've done to this planet um, as a collective. You know, we've all got to take some responsibility. I think the lack of spiritual understanding the lack of um initiation is a big part of that because we you know you either you either are born curious and then you you have a few experiences that wake you up or the you know at some point in the past though you go back to these advanced civilizations the ancient civilizations that did exist you know the, the writings and stuff that we understand of them do talk about a lot about initiation a lot about this you are you have a transition you you know there's psychedelics involved or ecstatic dancing or there's you know there's experiences that that we must do to take us to the next step you know and i think the, the if we all understood that next step you know we talk about how do we fix the fear if we could even just have any I think initiation ceremony at 60 is not a bad thing you know what I'm saying like it it doesn't if we could all have that next step then we could let go of a lot of the things that control us you know it's 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 yeah it's it's such a sad thing I I suppose I I see it a lot because most of my students are young men and I see a lot that I see a lot of that you know it's like they just there's no guidance there there's no Look, we, I didn't have much. I don't know if you did. I i, knew, I was sort of off to my own devices pretty much, um, just stumbled around, you know. Um, but I think, again, probably part of the thing that we – I know you, you're obviously doing, and what I try and do as well is just plant those seeds, provide that guidance. And I, I'd love to it's, – it's quite interesting, right? So through the podcast, and you're definitely on that list, I, I've got a bunch of excellent, excellent men, you know, like you could really get together a council of really awesome fucking dudes, you know. And I'd love to be able to get us all together and go, "Hey, we've all got very similar ideas. We, we attack it from different angles, but we've all got very similar ideas. How can we actually truly affect change on a, on a, on a massive level? You know, and you know, and it's awesome to hear some of the things you're doing, man. It, it really is. Um, look, we'll leave we'll leave sound and everything else for next time um thanks very much for your time mate uh you know for those that don't know me and brendan met like three minutes before we hit record so we've literally got to know each other over this podcast so i appreciate your openness and honesty man and um thanks for being a part of it
3: no worries man it's been a bonding process this interview
2: (laughs) mate it has been well mate uh we'll leave it there thanks very much everyone Uh really appreciate your time um look after yourselves stay cool and we'll talk soon cheers uh, no
1: me when my time is through i know you